0: it was just continual threats of you know I'll I will you know tell my wife she'll come after me and she does have a history um she'll come after you she'll come after your license I will destroy your life I will get your kids taken away from you here I'm in the middle of a divorce too at the same time so there's a lot of pull there
1: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.
2: Welcome to the Secret Life Podcast. Tell me your secret. I'll tell you mine. sometimes you have to go through the darkness to reach the light. That's what I did. After 12 years of recovery in sex and love addiction, I finally found my soulmate, myself. Please join me in my novel, Secret Life of a Hollywood Sex and Love Addict, a four-time bestseller on Amazon. It's a brutal, honest, raw, gnarly ride, but hilarious at the same time. Check it out now on Amazon. Welcome to Secret Life Podcast. I am Brienne Davis-Gantt. Today, I'm pulling back the curtains of all kinds of human secrets. We'll hear about what people are hiding from themselves or others. You know, those deep, dark secrets you probably want to take to your grave? Or those lighter, funnier secrets that are just plain embarrassing? Really, the how, what, when, where, and why, it all. Today, my guest is Carly. Now, Carly, I have a question for you. Dun, dun, dun.
0: <laughs> what is your secret? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, my my biggest life secret is how I ended up being literally held captive by a qualifier for about two years. And, um, you know, on the outside, I was like this working professional Mm -hmm. and, you know, raising three kids and doing all that. But nobody would have known that on a day-to-day basis, I was like being tracked and couldn't communicate with friends and was stuck at home. Wow. Um in my personal life. Yeah. So it's a complicated story, but I thought it would be better to start with the end first so that we kind of know what we're building up to. Yeah, um, because there's there's obviously history there as to how one gets to that place.
2: Yeah, so um, take us back. Take us back to the beginning. Yeah. How did you get involved with this
0: person? Yes. Mm. Well, we'll actually go back a little bit further um okay. than that because it's important um, I'll just truncate the, you know, earlier years of my life, let's just say that I became a love addict pretty early on, um, didn't get a lot of affection and love from, you know, my caregivers. And so really learned early on in high school years, early 20s, like ah, relationships hit the hits, um, you know, just that spot for me. Yeah. And was involved in a lot of relationships, um, just because I wanted the validation and the approval and the praise. So I just wanted to share that piece, because this has been a long ongoing pattern that I think really built up to this.
2: I have a question for you, though. I have a question Uh before you get into that, because you said you would get with people for the attention and validation. Did you get with people like, that were toxic did you get with people you weren't really in love with did you get with people that you know just liked you so you automatically liked them what what was that little dynamic
0: yeah I think that's a great question I would say all of the above it kind of just depended on the mood I was in what I needed sometimes I'll even say like how desperate I was yeah um the very first relationship that I really noticed this like love addiction over was a qualifier he was definitely um a narcissist and mm-hmm. so I got hooked into that mm-hmm. unfortunately um he did rape me um and the date oh. rape scenario and so I think that that also there was this um trauma bonding piece there um so you, you dated know, I mean, him after he did that yeah yeah he was the wow. first that was the first time I'd ever had sex Mm-hmm. And I had told him I didn't want to have sex. I wanted to wait until I was married. Mm-hmm. And he played along for a while. And then one night, he just forced me to do it, like, literally held down. Wow. And so after that, and it was so confusing, because at this point, I was infatuated with this person. And I just, you know, couldn't see him for who he really was. And I was, you know, 18. And so and he was very popular. And he was kind of picturesque. We were both pretty well into our sports and went to college for that. So it was mm-hmm. kind of this picturesque from the outside, you know, scenario.
2: And but inside just, he totally violated you. Yes, didn't he did. listen to you. You didn't have a voice. Yeah. And that was your first person you ever mm-hmm. slept with. And mm-hmm. how damaging that is.
0: Yeah. Well, I just remember walking away feeling ruined, like, okay like I have to stay with this person I have to make this work because mm-hmm. I don't have anything to really offer you know and uh so that's you know that's an important piece so that that relationship went on and off for about three years um but I would say that you know I would get into a lot of relationships some that were toxic some that were convenient mm-hmm. some with people I wasn't even interested in
2: yeah you know, I've been there just, too I mean I, I was like oh you like me I guess I
0: like you too you know right for the attention, for the, you know, I liked that, you know, the validation, the praise. I I, I like, you know, I believed I needed that stuff because. Did you always feel too for myself. you
2: with the power dynamic? If someone liked you and you weren't really interested in them, at least you had that power position. Yes. Because yeah. I
0: could always play the card if I needed to. Absolutely.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you yeah. for sharing that. I was just wondering. Sure. Thank you. But you were saying then at 26, you were about to say at 26.
0: Yeah, twenty-seven. I had been in I had been dating on and off and I really, you know, many of my friends were married at that time and were starting to have kids. And so I was feeling the pressure mm-hmm. there to do that. And I hadn't really found anyone that I yeah, that had panned out. And so I met my ex husband at twenty seven. Okay. And I pretty much forced it to work because he was like the least toxic person that I had been with in a while. Yeah. And he needed some rescuing, and (laughs) which we all love to do. (laughs) (laughs) You need some help. You need some rescuing. I'm there. (laughs) That's right. You need me. um, I will be there. And so, you know, I kind of knew in my heart that my higher power was like "Mm, no, but I pushed it. I own the fact that I was not ready to be alone again, and so I, you know, kind of forced that situation. And, and what do you mean um, by force that situation? I mean, in yeah, your mind, you question. forced it? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it wasn't, I mean, he was way into me and was fine. You know, I mean, he was pursuing me. I just had other insight in my heart that I was like, this, you know, it's kind of a mess. Like his family life was a mess. I mean, there was just a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um, But I just, I was terrified of being alone again. You know, I was like, no, this person is good enough. That's, I remember saying that and thinking that like this person's good enough because mm-hmm. I think I believe deep down in my heart that I might be alone you know that I might not you know get married and I think that had a lot to do with my like feeling of value and self-worth but yeah especially so if everyone you. around you is doing it yeah 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 and asking you right like so when are you gonna you know settle down or whatever so so that's what I mean by force that I didn't force him. I was like forcing myself in a sense to just ignore my intuition. Yeah. I don't, I don't recommend that, but. um <laughs> I would not recommend that either. <laughs> <laughs> Tip number so, you know, one, don't ignore great. your intuition. <laughs> that's great. Right. Write that down. Um So, yeah. So we got married and it's kind of you know, I I would say predictable a bit, but, um, I was the love avoidant in the marriage. He was the love addict in the marriage Mm -hmm. and, um, he was very needy and I was constantly rescuing and saving. And there was a lot of struggles in the marriage. Um, can you name some in
2: case someone is in a marriage that is
0: sounding similar? Like
2: what are some of the struggles mm -hmm. you remember?
0: you know, neither one of us really had a healthy sense of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So he, you know, I was very successful and confident in my career, and he didn't have that confidence. So he would over rely on, you know, me to sort of like build him up or, you know, help him get some connections or, you know, you know, there was just a really over reliance on me Mm -hmm. for his like security And then what's interesting, right? I, you know, have some enmeshment from my childhood. And so his like grabbing at me is what that felt like was very like repulsive to me. I was like, oh my gosh, like I need you to like be a man, get, you know, get your career settled. Yep. (laughs) Sub up I need someone for me you know I'm forging a brand new like business and stepping doing all this stuff so um yeah and so we would just kind of go around and around in circles with that and he just didn't have the tools and I didn't either honestly to just say you know this is who he is this is who I am Mm -hmm. I can't make somebody be somebody that they're not you know because in rescuing I thought okay well you know I'll just teach them these things yeah right and I'll help them and and you know, that's not my job. You know, I mean, I don't think that's anybody's job. No, it's it's nobody's job. I mean, I've been with my
2: husband for 18 years. And there's things that I don't struggle with that he struggles with that I can't fix for him, Mm -hmm. or even teach him. It's like he has to do it for himself with outside help. You can't do that within the relationship.
0: Exactly, exactly. And I, you know, I didn't have like a family that you know, sought different help, and and you know, so I just, you know, went in with that naivety of like, oh well, I'll you know help him and change him, and and exactly, it was so disempowering for him, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm the one who's sort of like helping him through everything, and and uh, I think it was really emasculating in some ways, not intentionally, but you know, when somebody's like constantly helping and rescuing you, you that doesn't feel empowering. About, oh. That you know. You don't get to even build that inner self of self-reliance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So as you can imagine, the cycle went on, he would grab at me, I would pull back, he would get really angry, right, that I was pulling back and he would not feel loved and cared for. And, you know, and then I would just, so he'd grab some more, I'd pull back. It was just kind of this really long cycle. So, you know, eventually towards the end of the marriage, we were together, we were married for 14 years towards the end of the marriage. Um, we had both just sort of, I would say become apathetic, like we're just living together. Yep, exactly. You know, he kind of got settled in his own career, which I mean, that was, that was good. Um, and so I think we just sort of like came to status quo, if you will, we weren't like intimate, we weren't connecting, you know, we had three kids, you know, well, sorry, two at the time Mm -hmm. towards the end of the marriage. And so we were just living, you know, and it wasn't bad. It was just, but it was like very lonely, you know, just like, okay, you know, um, and throughout my marriage, I, I, I didn't want to get a divorce. That was, that was something that I should throw in here. That's just some of my own personal, you know, things. Um, and you know, my parents pushed through their marriage. I'm not saying that that was necessarily the best thing, but. I, you know, that's what I think I just had agreed to like, okay, this is what it's going to be like in my marriage. Like we're and just going to.
2: the best of it. And I'm just going to like keep living exactly. it. not thriving, exactly. but almost surviving,
0: right? Exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. And, um, and you know, I think that there was just this part of me, we, it, like this would have meant we just had become apathetic. Never once in my marriage did I ever look at another man, talk to another man inappropriately. I really didn't. I didn't, and I just never, you know, and I had not been unfaithful to anybody before that in any of my relationships. Um, and I'm not saying that was like self-praise. I just, it's not something I had really I just didn't believe I don't No, I think that
2: I I think that's great because lots of people do do that, even DMing or getting that attention somewhere else or having a close friend. That's what I hear about. I'm like, close friend, please, you know, or (laughs) emotional affair or even a physical affair. Like people do do those things instead of saying, hey, something's wrong in this marriage. But yes, I think it's great. You didn't go that route. I've went that route. I'm the cheater. Totally.
0: So, I mean, it's interesting, right? The route that I went was just like sheer self-deprivation. That's really what ended up happening is like, okay, well, I'm going to settle for this and it's just going to suck and we're going to make this happen. And, you know, I just won't have what I need or what I want. Um, I don't know. Like I just settled for that. And that's an old lifelong pattern as well. Yeah. And my career to you by your parents, it
2: seemed it was mirrored yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: almost. Oh yeah. yeah, exactly. I was there for them. They weren't there for me growing up. I was there for them. So right. that's exactly. Yeah. So my career is important to mention at this point, because I am in the, you know, the mental health profession or the field and yeah. I work with sex addiction. I work with sex addicts yeah. and with couples. And so it's interesting, right? Because I I had a lot of insight and a lot of knowledge about, you know, what does happen when you go outside of a marriage, you know, just all the stuff, right. With betrayal and trauma. Mm-hmm. And so anyways, had worked with, you know, many a male individually at that point, some quite, you know, uh, truly narcissistic, truly, you know, um, controlling, manipula- manipulative um, and I had actually learned how to advocate for myself and draw some really clear boundaries throughout those years with working with those with that population. Yeah. And at that point had even just, you know, had to fire some clients depending on the situation of appropriateness and, you know, that sort of thing. So first Um, you learned in
2: boundaries in your career before your relationship. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Which I, I understand that in a lot of ways just because there are more clear boundaries in a profession, Mm -hmm. I believe, right? It's like, okay, no, like, we're not here to flirt. Like I'm here to, you know, we're we're here to work through what you're working through and hopefully get your marriage to work, you know, something like that. So anyways, um, but I bring all that up because, you know, when COVID hits, there was a few different things. My ex-husband lost his, uh, he was in the airline industry, that the airline industry went under, he lost his job. Yeah. And um he really spiraled into a pretty significant depression. Right. Um then he had an accident. Um you know, he actually had a really bad accident and injured his hand, it ended up um amputating one of a finger in our backyard. Um so I say all of this because at, during that same time, so with COVID, I'm starting to work full time.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: am you know, he's unemployed. Um I am taking care of the kids as well. He's injured his hand. He had to have three surgeries on the hand. So he cannot help at all with our children. storm. storm. It was horrible. It was horrible. Yeah. And then the last straw was, um, was, you know, he was going to change careers again. And I was like, I, I, I can't, like, I, I'm drowning here. Like, I can't support you through another career change. I'm, you know, growing the practice, doing all this stuff. I can't do that. Right. Which to which he was very hurt and angry and whatever. And at that point I just said, I'm done. Like, I, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I need a separation. I can't do this anymore. You were tapped out. You were tapped out. I was, I was mentally, emotionally depleted. I was, Mm -hmm. and I was, I had given everything. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the last thing is is that I had just given birth to our youngest a year before Mm. or sorry about six months before I'm sorry about six months before Mm -hmm. she would not take a bottle so (gasps) I'm having her transported back and forth up to my office while I'm working full-time breastfeeding pumping doing the whole Uh, I mean it was just brutal it was was brutal it was breastfeeding is brutal yeah brutal yeah Yeah. and it was kind of I mean it was my third so I was very familiar with the but it was just the logistics of it were Mm -hmm. so hard So anyways, you know, I did, I said, I want to, I want a separation, I want a separation. So essentially what had happened is about two weeks after we'd separated inside of our house at that time, because he didn't have a job and I needed help with the kids wherever I could get some support, you know, whatever. So we just did that. Um, And a client who I had worked with for about a year and a half had started giving me uh, probably the month before clients can read energy, by the way, I'm just going to share that because you know, they just can, right. You're in a room with another person that you talk to often. So this client had inquired, you know, is everything okay? How's, you know, what's going on? We had worked together for about a year and a half. Mm -hmm. This client is married, Mm -hmm. is married and, um, had given off kind of this flirty verb, flirty vibe that I had shut down a few different times. Absolutely not. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's not what we're here for. This client had inquired, you know, Hey, you know, is everything okay? You seem a little off. And I just didn't give any details. I just said, yeah, I'm just going through a lot personally. You know, there's just been a lot going on. yeah. And that's about as many details as I usually give, honestly. Yeah. Um, And so just to sort of truncate this, you know, they were very persistent and, you know, well, and I had, uh, sorry, I should say, I told this client, I said, you know, I think our work is really coming to a close right now. I think at the very least we should take a break. And, you know, we can pick it back up later if you guys are needing some more. He, I was working with him individually uh, to theoretically sustain the marriage. Yes, yes, yes. To which he said, no, I, I don't want to break. He said, I, I enjoy coming here. This is kind of my outlet, if you will. And you're one of my best friends. To which I said, no, I'm not. Oh, I no. <laughs> yeah, red, yeah. black, red, black, red, black. Yeah, exactly. To which I said no, I'm, I'm not your best friend. I said, you know, I'm flattered in a sense, just to know that you feel a connection. I said, but that's just, that's not what this is. So he said, well, I just, I think I would start spiraling backwards if we didn't meet. And I said, okay, you know, we can do this for a couple more months and then we can just go from there. Okay. Mistake number one. That was mistake mistake number number one. Not, not trusting your instinct to know it was not trusting my instinct. Yeah. And twice I had mentioned us closing our work and And at this point, I had started to become, you know, internally, not externally, really like, uh, what's the word, Um, you know, just, I think, impressed, right, that this person, this is a person, very successful, very well known in the community, was even like, having those feelings or thoughts towards me. It was, was it was flattering it was flattering right and if your
2: your marriage is dissolving and you just oh my ended it so yes. there's this wound you have to heal yep. right yep. any relationship that ends there's a wound mm-hmm. so you mm-hmm. hadn't healed and then this guy that is probably attractive really you know sure. is that's
0: flattering i get it yes yeah and so he had said um you know anyways we cut meeting And he had mentioned a few sessions later, he was like, you know, sometimes I just think it'd be helpful if I could call you in between session and check in about a few things. And I was like, no, I'm not okay with that. I said, first of all, I think that would really uh, be very difficult for your wife that you're just calling up another female, even if it is a professional. Yeah, I said, and I don't want any red flags raised with her coming after me like with you know, just, it's very sensitive in the field of betrayal, right? Oh, with yeah, wives yeah. Or, well, you can get, you get your know, license and stuff is, taken away. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's an I'm another female, right, that the partners are talking to. So mm-hmm. I'd never met with the wife or anything at all. Um, that wasn't something she was interested in. Uh, but nonetheless, I, you know, I just told him that no, no, I'm not okay with that. So about two weeks later, um, you know, this person calls me from another number. And we or sorry, text me from another number.
2: Uh-huh.
0: And, um, you know, I think at that point, I was just like, shocked, and really flattered intrigued, but also terrified. I'm going to use all of those words all together. And I texted back. Oh, I didn't text back. No, I did not text back. I called because I didn't know who had access to what. Yeah. And I said, What are you doing? And where is your wife? Like, what is going on? Yeah. And he was like, well, I know you don't just like me as a friend. And I said, I said, no, I said, I think the story is you don't like me just as a friend. So we got into this conversation. And he said, you know, he essentially just begged me. He was like, can you give this a chance? Like, I want to make you the happiest woman in the world. I know how special you are. You know, I think you're incredible. You're smart. You've got an amazing career in practice, blah, 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 blah. All the flattery, all the love bombing. Let's just name it what it is. All okay.
2: First of all, tip number three, he didn't respect your boundaries and called you on a number number. Tip number well four, said. he love bombed you while he was right? married. There we go. There's all the tips so far. There's everybody. all the tips. That's right. We're writing this down.
0: <laughs> so, um, but here's the thing, right? Is like at this point I was in such self deprivation that this mm-hmm. was all you know very very hard for me to resist
2: even yeah, when oh, it's a high. oh
0: it is absolutely oh,
2: that flattery that high that feeling wanted especially after being in a marriage that didn't you know yeah. wasn't wasn't Just, healthy yes. you're like huh oh, mm-hmm. anything you're like
0: thirsty for water exactly. You know? yeah exactly I love that you said that because I have three close friends who all use the same analogy, like, you know, thirsty people will drink dirty water. Yo, yeah, and I was they like, mm, so true, you know, so true. Yeah. So essentially, you know, he said, look, you know, can you just think about this? And I was like, I, there's nothing to think about. I said, this is my license. This is my life. I said, I can't, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, you know, it did start spiraling. He started spiraling. Um, and so like, well, I'm going to kill myself then because I can't not have you in my life.
2: Hip number and- five, if someone's going to kill themselves over you, <laughs> run. <laughs> there you yeah, go. it's true. It's true. Uh,
0: um, although that was a huge trigger point for me, honestly. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, and he was like, and everyone will know because you're my therapist. And so, you know, it was going to make it sort of this like, it was insinuated, right. That it was going to be this very public thing because of me. Yeah. And this is somebody who has connections. I mean, with everybody, I mean, I didn't, let's just say later on in the story, I didn't call the local police. I called the city police because he's connected. So that being said is I panicked and I was like, and he was like, just give it, he said, just give it 30 days. And I was like, fine. I will give it 30 days.
2: You I said did. fine. Oh I did. man, you were taken hostage already. That's yeah.
0: What are you signing the lease for thirty days? Like wh- oh, well said. Thank you. You know Do what you I mean? See? Like yes. The insanity of that. Yeah. Yes. I was terrified at this point. It was sheer terror. Mm-hmm. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I actually went home and told my husband who I was separated from at the time.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: was like, look, this person has started pursuing me. You know. I just, I, I, I'm just not a secrets holder. I'm just not. I was like, so I said, I don't know where this is going. I said, but I just, you know, I'm not going to be lying about these things, you know? So anyways, um, uh, let's just fast forward. I mean, almost the same scenario happened, um, mm-hmm. with my first boyfriend to where this person ended up sexually forcing himself on me as well. This, no. this, yeah. The yep, second time
2: someone you dated took advantage of you.
0: Yeah. Well, if you can uh, call it dating, I, I would say it's sort of like Stockholm syndrome, but Yeah, sure.
2: totally. You got held hostage, let's just say. Yeah. Like he was threatening suicide. Your license was going to be taken away. He could have made up lies, all that stuff. And you were be held exactly. hostage. And he took yeah. sexual advantage of you.
0: He did. Uh, yeah, And I, again, told him, I was like, I, I'm not even there yet. I don't even know you in that way. I'm not there. I'm just, you know. And where did and that happen? Shaking. Can you even say where that happened? Yeah. Um, I had gone away for a weekend to the beach in this area. And um, he asked if he could drive down
1: because
0: mm-hmm. it was just me. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, let me think about it. And so I said, yeah, that's fine. So we met up actually like in this public place. Okay. Um. Anyways. And so we met up in a public place and, you know, I sort of, we were just talking and it was chill. Yeah. And then we ended up, and this was again, not, not what you want to do, but we ended up going back to my room. It was freezing and raining. Yeah. And so we ended up going back to my room and we were just, it was a big suite. And so we are just sitting on the couch area. And I was really intentional about all of that too, honestly. Um, you know, and then, I can't really remember parts of it. I disassociated pretty bad. And I kept having some flashbacks. I had several flashbacks during that time. And then, um, so he did, he forced himself on me. And I have such a hard time saying no, which is just sort of my trauma reactivity. Well, you freeze probably. You'll probably. I do. I mean, even if you don't
2: say no and you freeze, you are being taken advantage of. Yes. Yeah. Before you, you could say you'd have to say no for it, not, but you actually don't. That's still sexual assault. I just want
0: to make that clear for anybody listening. No, I like that. I appreciate that. Yeah. I was physically shaking, Mm -hmm. physically shaking, um, you know, and it was just full on compliance mode. Um, And this person had already, you know, I mean, I didn't have a no with this person. So that happened. And that was a real turning point to where, again, it triggered this, like, I've got to make this work, because I'm going to lose my entire life. Like he's going to destroy everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw this entire other side of this person. Um, And and we are talking this is this, it's important to note. like, you know, this is sociopathic and narcissistic behavior. This isn't just, you know, somebody who is typical sex addict so I just want to clarify like there's a big difference you know yeah. but of course not all these things are known until you're you know in these, in these places. reflecting <laughs> yeah right until you're showing their true self so but essentially this goes on right um for a year and a half wow um you were a long time man. oh yeah yeah I tried to leave numerous times mm-hmm. tried to leave numerous times um but I was like tracked, sometimes followed by like, different people, you know. Um, and it was just the whole thing, you know. And I, I did try to love him to survive him. I did. I just I tried to, there were attractive things about him and good things about him, but he, you know, it was just
2: Was he still uh, married? Was, oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah.
0: So you were yeah. even a secret in that. Oh, absolutely. I was wow. completely a secret. He refused. He could not leave the marriage until he knew that I was all in Mm -hmm. because he's terrified and he was straightforward about this. I'm terrified of being alone. I cannot be alone. He's Mm -hmm. terrified of it. And he was like, you don't understand what happens to me when I'm alone. And of course, in my mind, I'm thinking... Yeah, I do know what happens to you. Yeah, Tip right. number six, if someone can't be alone, abort mission. Right, there you go. So yes, this whole time, and I kept telling him, I was like, she's going to find out. Everything in the dark comes into the light. She mm-hmm. is going to, I mean, and let's be clear that this, this wife, rightfully so, had trackers on all of his vehicles. I mean, this is somebody with multiple, so, you know, multiple Tracker, cell phone, tracked his cell phone. Had everything synced. He's calling me and connecting me with a secret phone this whole time. And I, wow. and he's having to play. He has. He's living there, and he's. They are separated in their house. Mm-hmm as well. And they have been for a long time that he's living there because he can't leave her unless he knows everything's okay with me. Well, I'm not giving him any indication that I'm sticking around because I'm continuing to try to abort this whole thing. Um, but it was just continual threats of, you know, I'll, I will, you know, tell my wife, she'll come after me and she does have a history. Um, she'll come after you. She'll come after your license. I will destroy your life. I will get wow. your kids taken away from you. Here I'm in the middle of a divorce too at the same time. So there's a lot. I know of
2: we're there. running out of time, but how did you get out of it? I'm just like on pins and needles. Like how did no, you
0: get out of it? Well, it, uh, what I did was I secretly planned to admit to trauma treatment. I knew I needed to go to treatment and get out and just bite the bullet and the risk. I'd already had a restraining order on him at this time. Yeah. Which he was complying with as long as I didn't leave him. Yeah. But all threats were still at bay. You know, he's like, I'll post pictures of you all over the Internet. I'll do, you know, whatever. So it was. Yeah. So I essentially had to make a secret plan with my best friend. Um, She, you know, booked the tickets and I, you know, did all the treatment planning and I did it all Mm -hmm. in secret from a different device and uh and then one morning actually unfortunately it was ironically on his birthday <gasps> happy I, birthday
2: <laughs> i Peace. woke up
0: and i left yeah. and i was gone for a couple of months wow and there was a little bit of contact had after when i came back this was really different it wasn't anything like that and that was it i haven't done i haven't, you know that was that i mean essentially I don't really know what happened. I fully believe that God just rescued me from that situation. Yeah. And he got distracted or something by somebody else once I was just unattainable. I mean, I just was gone.
2: You just cut it all off. You just pretty I, yeah. much just disappeared mm-hmm. to save yourself. Yeah. That's what I tell people I work with. I have this one client. I'm like, disappear. Oh, wow. You can disappear. Yeah. You can go. You can go. You can get out yeah. of this. You can get Absolutely. away from this abusive person, you know? So, wow. If it's bad enough. You so can. if you're stuck, disappear. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because a lot of people think that's weak, just so you know. And I don't think
0: it's weak. Oh. Well, I'm back in the same area. I mean, my practice is what it is. Yeah. Um, I didn't even get to get to this part, but she did find out about the phone and about me. And so my license, no, the board was very, very supportive, actually, because I just told them the whole truth. And I had evidence and all this, you know, texts and I had, I told them the whole truth of the situation yeah. to which they were very gracious of an understanding of. Because honestly, I should have had my license revoked. That's just the reality of the situation. But I did not. I don't have any restrictions on my license and I see that as just the grace of God. You know that is the grace as, of God. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. also your authenticity
2: of the truth. Do you see what I'm saying? Like yeah, that, there's accountability that. in saying, yes, right. these are the things that happened. Yep. Here, here's how it yep. happened. Did I have a part in it? Yes. And I
0: told them all of that. I did.
2: I yeah, guess. I yeah. think that is the saving grace of you, I just have to say, because there's Thanks. this part of you that's really authentic in the mm-hmm. the real and the raw and the struggle with yourself yeah. and with
0: others. Yeah, thank you for that. I appreciate that. I, I do believe that the truth sets us free. I do. It does.
2: Oh, my God, we're running out of time. And we could literally talk forever. But is there anything else? that the listeners you think need to hear or something that you really learned from this experience. I know we only have a couple minutes left, so.
0: Yeah, it's okay. I just, I you know, I just hope that some people can maybe connect with some of the details. It's a crazy story. So not all the details, but bits and pieces, right? That you can connect with. I still work program. I, you know, I am in a 12-step recovery program um, for sex and love addiction and I work program and I've learned so much through this just about, you know, even what I want in my own relationships personally and professionally, yes, but more so personally. And, um, you know, that everything has a silver lining. All tragedies, you know, I've grown so much from this and I have such a just heart in general for, you know, people going through this. But you don't have to say in that. Don't do not, you do not have to say in that, no matter what.
2: No matter what. Thank you so much for coming on Secret Life. I'm so grateful for your story. Yeah, thank you for having me. And if you want to be on the show, please email me at secretlifepodcast at icloud.com. Until next time. Thanks again for listening to the show. Please subscribe, rate, share, or send me a note at secretlifepodcast.com. And if you like to check out my book, head over to secretlifenovel.com or Amazon to pick up a copy for yourself or someone you love. Thanks again. See you soon.
1: Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread